back to the slumber party. I am your co-host, Amanda Jusen. I'm the CEO and founder of Baby's Best Sleep, located anywhere you like to sleep, I like to say, because we have an online business and we don't limit ourselves to borders and boundaries. Alongside my wonderful BFF for life, life partner, like this person, Lisa Ramrein. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. Um, uh, I've been made aware that I say um a lot. It's true. It is true. It's not a lie. I also began, began sentences with the word so, and I do it all the time. Do you find that we've replaced, we were so conscious of replacing like, and now we've mm. just substituted it with a new word? I know for sure for me, it's, you know, or yes. something along those lines. It's always that, you know, um, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my, my challenge for myself in this episode, because I have a TV segment on Monday now, that I am going to practice not starting my sentences with the word so, I'm also going to try to eliminate the word um. And when my editors are listening to this later, please don't edit out my ums because you can count them and have shots later. I'm just kidding. Oh, there we go. A drinking <laughs> can game. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> We took it there. We took it there. But I'm taking it back. You can't do Listen, that. Yeah. Disclaimer. If you're on now. a girls weekend and you just yes. arrived and you're taking out, you're getting situated and listening to this podcast, this is the perfect time to do the drinking game. <laughs> you could also, can you imagine? <laughs> I would be so honored to be on the playlist for a a girls trip. Like you're headed to the the cottage and you're in the car and it's what you select, I think I would be honored. And then because you're driving, you don't drink, but you count them. And then you drink those responsibly over several hours over the weekend if you had to, because we are all about responsible alcohol intake here. That's right. Anyway. So so, there you go. See what I did? I already did it. I already did it. This week's episode is a besties episode um, because we really want to be talking about sibling rivalry and new baby. This comes up so much with our clients. Sometimes we are the first people that are being called after the arrival of a new baby. Um. Ugh. I'm, this is going to be a long ride, guys. Or if you are doing the drinking game, just stop. I, I think the, uh, after that is probably <laughs> more damaging. It's better that I do that here than on live national TV on Monday. It's like, um, ah! <laughs> yes, this is this is our intimate chat with our besties. That's right. That's right. This so forgiving. Yeah. Um, okay, anyway, so what I wanted to talk about... Um, Oh, it's so pervasive. And now it's so in my mind. I need to get over this. Okay. 
We're talking sibling rivalry. Now I sound like I've had a few shots, don't I? But I haven't. I'm so sober. I mean, it is I, Friday today. <laughs> it is Friday, but I've slept so – I've had the like greatest, healthiest week of my life. Anyway, because the arrival of a new baby is pretty significant I, – I mean, I think back to my experience. I think it was the hardest on my daughter when we had our second. And – I don't think I was quite prepared for what to do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes up a lot with our clients where they say to us, I had my one child sleeping well. They were sleeping like a dream. Everything was going great. The baby has come. Everything has fallen off the wagon with the older baby. And now I have a newborn. What do I do? Uh, we actually have um, a client right now who was – in a state where she hired us for the baby, but during the consultation, she begins to realize how (laughs) often she's getting up with her two-year-old and immediately said, listen, I have to change this. Like, let's, let's change this right now. That happens all the time. Uh, I would love to know, I mean, you have three kiddos. I thought of you immediately when this topic came up. Um, how was your experience with that? Uh, with sleep being affected generally or a new baby Not arriving? I'm Just new baby, period. Yeah. Behavior, was sleep a part of it? Was it not something that came up for you? How did your kids react? Um, I think the um, the transition of, yeah, of ha- having a new baby join your family was okay for us and that my first child was such a good sleeper like and then we subsequently realized that he really was the unicorn it's like our first and our last was the I I guess all of them but anyways regardless is that he he the the routines change right and the excitement and the buzz in the family changes so um we had sort of like minor disruptions, but they were all about like refusing bedtime. You know, it's not so much staying asleep because you know how mom needs that extra time or the baby or there's that, you know, witching hour and so much energy gets directed to the baby that we actually started asking people um, to come over to visit us when it would be the inconvenient time, right? So to just sort of like, I would have a lot of dinner parties or like people coming over for dinner like just bring dinner and stay with our toddler to entertain him to like stimulate him to give him that attention yeah (laughs) exactly exactly um and my number one advice I think or like sort of like request I guess for people who are close to us was please pay attention most to the toddler right Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how we preempted it and tried to mitigate it you know my insane attachment to Henrik to my first child was like I was so raw (laughs) and everything about him was my world and so Mm -hmm. yeah that was sort of like our way to mitigate it was just please pay attention all of your attention to this toddler Yeah. yeah and it feels counterintuitive but that is the advice that we should be actually pouring our time and energy into the toddler and not into the baby. 
which feels silly, but your baby isn't really going to hurt themselves or do something or really conceptualize that you're off assisting the older child where your older child does internalize those things. And there's a greater risk of harm to the child. Like if they're unsupervised or they're doing something that they shouldn't be quite often, they are so aware of the lack of attention. And so they tend to act out. They tend to do things. Now I did everything wrong. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, like, just especially right before the new baby comes, you know, the mother's intuition and maybe parent, parents take some time off or whatever the case may be. You know, you're like spending all this extra time for the last few weeks with my baby one on one. You know, I feel like it goes through yeah. such a like buildup and then a crash of when the baby comes. Um, I'm just like, so bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unintentionally. So yeah, the toddler had... and the mom get left alone. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I I didn't uh, this piece of advice was told to me after I had my second. I really wish it was told to me first. I haven't verified this with any of my trusted experts, but I do like the idea of it where the first time your first child is meeting your second child or subsequent, you make a gesture to give the baby to the other parent and embrace the child. I don't think I did that. I I don't think that we made... It was funny because we kept being like, hey, you're going to have a little sister. And the oldest would just be like, "Uh, I got... Like, she didn't really care. And to be honest, I mean, didn't appear to care. I think that she did. I found out later. <laughs> she yeah. she was very indifferent. Like we'd be like, "This is your sister." And she'd be like, "Great, can I have a snack?" Which is like so perfect. very measured. Yes, very very measured. And yeah. you know, we saw kids who would like fawn over their baby brothers and sisters, and that just wasn't what happened. Um, and you know, later I learned that you know we probably should have made more of an effort to really bolster um, our, our older child, right? And and make sure that they felt really prepared and connected and special. Um, I, we, we got, I mean, how we knew things weren't going well. And I mean, it wasn't horrible. She, she just had some feelings about it. There was lots of big behavior, lots of tantrums, sleep regressions. This is what we hear all the time. Oh, the new baby's here. They're totally acting out of their normal. Is this normal? Yes. And it generally means that they're calling it for attention because they Mm -hmm. don't know how to in any other rational way. So we just kind of flipped the script a little bit and there's a great book write this down it's called siblings without rivalry and while i'm talking about this i'm gonna google the author because without okay the authors are adele faber and elaine maslich and the honestly this book i listened to it while i had a baby strapped on me and a toddler screaming at me it was revolutionary how you can really show up as equally as you can for both kids and especially as they get older and they start to like want to kill each other uh the the big things around there the big aha concepts um were 
being aware of parents, um, you know, children will often say so-and-so was the favorite of the family or they're the favorite. And we really don't want our children to feel that way. We want them to feel like we're an impartial spot. So a lot of the things were just around like not taking sides or not trying to solve their problems. This was huge for me as they got older. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I needed to go in and like solve it. Like they'd be like, you know, so-and-so's doing this and -and so-and-so's doing this. And I'd be, unless it's like physical violence or something really dangerous or bad or, you know, horrible that we'd need to step in. Right. We always let them work it out on their own. Because the moment you take any sort of side, it's over. And they are like, how dare you? Or you could, or even like the other one feels so vindicated in the other. It's crazy, you know? (laughs) And it just went went against every one of my instincts. Like, hey, I'm an only child. (laughs) You know, like I grew up around mostly girls. Um, Like, seeing my boys growing up as just like every part of me wanted to fly into every mm-hmm. one of those fights and or mm-hmm. you know if he trips pick him up or yeah. assist and it's like yeah. it is just so not natural but but that's the idea right like you want to have them solve these conflicts on their own yeah. um yeah. um but yeah I mean oh my gosh so many little examples come to mind with my boys too right <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. Um, and and I, I want to say the reason for this podcast episode is if you take anything out of this, that your kids' behaviors are really normal. Another great resource that I love on this topic is obviously I'm a fangirl for Janet Lansbury. Janet Lansbury has so many podcast episodes on New Baby. Um, and I think that's really important to take a listen to those. She explains everything in so, such great methodical detail. One of the biggest things that I took away are, you know, normalizing, and this comes out a lot in the work that we do. But as when you have a little baby, we've been trained as parents, you know, this cry means something, we have to respond to it, obviously. And when the crying stops, that's good. And when the crying is happening, it's bad. Mm -hmm. But when we have a toddler Sometimes toddler number one, toddlers are so overwhelmed by the fact that they are feeling and experiencing emotions that they have never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And they're complicated mm-hmm. and they're hard. Maybe even the concept of jealousy is new. Like mm-hmm. we are really diving into some deep, deep new feelings. Yeah. And then they sort of go, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how to manage this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to like focus or, or, I don't act right is the right thing, but I don't know how to be the person I am. All I want to do is scream. All I want to do is cry. And I remember just being in, you know, the depths of despair with two young little ones and my two year old just, just really having big, big feelings. And me listening to this podcast where Janet said, we have to start normalizing those big feelings and we have to stop wanting to make the protest go away. That's right. And, and she sort of said this thing that's always stuck with me is that protest and crying are really cathartic for children. And when given an opportunity for them to let it all out, 
you're going to find that the opportunities that they need to do that or show you that they need to do that are fewer and far between, which is especially helpful to know if that protest part is, is very activating for you or it's just hard for you to experience and watch. And then I think about ourselves, right, as adults in the world. Nothing feels better than a good cry. Just getting it all out. I can move on with my life. I feel heard. I feel good. And why would I want to rob that from my kid or teach them that that's bad? And the moment I would sort of say, oh, I see that you're really struggling. It's okay. And then I just let them do their thing. It diffused the situation. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Like all we as adults want to feel is that somebody is just acknowledging our feelings and not Mm -hmm. trying to steer us away into a different direction. Or like we talked in the previous episode, like saying that you're going to leave and not and come back and Mm -hmm. you don't actually Mm -hmm. do that. Like we just want reality to be the reality and Mm -hmm. we just want our feelings to be acknowledged. Right. And Mm -hmm. so yeah, you're bringing a brand new baby or things are changing or you're moving, you know, whatever that big change is, acknowledging and even with a baby as young or a child as young as two years old I mean they are truly adults that are growing right and so if you really think about it in that perspective which is um something that I'm just learning really honestly recently because we've switched schools into like the Montessori method and they just have such interesting methodology around Mm -hmm. letting children be and feel and do Mm -hmm. experience all of the things that they want safely (laughs) yeah you know and so and you just guide them and that is what the methodology is it is and it just speaks to me because it's like I feel like we are told so much what to think or how to be or how to react and it's like why don't we just let the child guide us and us be there to safely guide them through these transitions right Yes. I was traveling recently. I was in Florida. Uh, oh, you were with me, but I say I this like there. you weren't because you, on the last day I spent it on myself, I was yes, by myself right. and I went to uh, this beach. By and design, I was, right? We, yeah, it was by happened. design. <laughs> I need I need alone time. <laughs> I need a lot of alone time. Yeah. And uh, I haven't really gotten it in the pandemic. So I, I'm getting it all now, out now. But um, I, I basically, I'm at this change room on a beach. And this kid walks in and they kind of slip, like it's all wet everywhere. And the kid falls and like bangs her head and I'm like, oh, geez. And the mom was like, stop, stop. You're fine. You're fine. And I was like, if that happened to me, I'd be, I'd be screaming, screaming. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know, like why we tell kids, oh, stop, 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 stop for who? Stop for who? Yeah. Like not, not for them. Like they're allowed to cry. Yeah. And then, and I've also gotten like sometimes, you know, there are times that I cry in front of my kids. It's not often, but I also like when it makes sense or there's an emotional moment or maybe there's been a tough thing, you know, my children would be like, why are you crying? I'm like, well, I feel sad. I want, I really want them to experience and know that the range of emotions that we feel is okay to experience. Because let's 
like this is a great thing about siblings without rivalry and it really comes down to this new baby i know that we're kind of like jumping all over but it's all the same thing mm-hmm. when children are little and a new sibling comes in their mm-hmm. reptilian brain says we now need to fight for all of our resources we will have half the food half the love half the parents half, like this is not what they're actually thinking but this is what mm-hmm. their brain does mm-hmm. and they are their their uh, you know connection might be threatened at that moment. So it makes perfect sense why they might push back, why they might get angry, why they may act out, why they might, like parents will often say, I've never seen this behavior in them before. Well, mm-hmm. there are some really, really good reasons for that. And so then by the all- way, there is going to be years of these kind of sentences said by the same parents. <laughs> it will always be like that. You know, they're, every big stage, every big change is met with these big feelings that will mm-hmm. seemingly come out of nowhere. But mm-hmm. as we know, everything is connected, right? So, and. I just like a disclaimer, not related to siblings. The amount of time a parent will tell me my child never does this or they've never done this. I'm like, okay, but they will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying your kid's personality changes. I'm saying be prepared that your kids will sleep differently, act differently. So a really common example is I start with a toddler and I – well, the, yeah, that's it. And and I start with a toddler and on the call, I'll say something like, you know, what sort of safety measures do we have in place if the child decides to leave the room? And they always say they never leave their room. And I said, okay, we have to prep for them leaving the room because this always happens. And they're like, well, not my child. And I'm like, I know, but <laughs> just do it. And then sure enough, they don't. And the child leaves and they're like, we're not prepared. So be prepared for the unexpected, right? And and what's so nice about that, I'm not telling you that to dread and worry. I, I tell you that so you can be open and receptive exactly. to that where it happens and you don't say, oh, something's wrong, they're doing something different or like everything. No, it's like there are so many good reasons. And sometimes we like take away the logic for children. Like, no, no, no. Is it really that they, do they even know that they have a sibling? Yeah, they do. They like kids know so much or parents will say, you know, when we talk about sleep work, do they even know that I'm in the room? Yes, they do. Of course they do. They know everything. They have a PhD in in their parents and in their family life. A lot of times, the more that they know, the more that they dislike the sibling, the less they let you know that they know that the sibling is there, right? (laughs) That is also true. Yeah. That is also Um, true. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that, yeah, I just go back to that idea of like, riding that parent parental wave having mm-hmm. a three-year-old and a 12-year-old like even just mm-hmm. this week we've mm-hmm. just had all of those things of like my child never and then mm-hmm. you know the, the meme then they never as they never never before and then yeah sure enough you know <laughs> yep. it's just like yeah yep. my, my gentle and kind so-and-so did that I it's yep. just unbelievable but you're right exactly what you're saying is being able to give them the grace to make mm-hmm. that mistake, to be uncomfortable with a new change, 
all of that is just such valuable lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're going to feel heard. They're going to feel appreciated. They're going to feel a part of this family when there's been such a change. And then you'll suddenly notice that your child feels more secure. Your child feels more calm. And then they're sort of back to themselves, as they say, right? So whenever there's a problem, I'm using air quotes for listeners, with your child, we always have to ask, what is the child asking for? I'm not saying that we ignore bad behaviors or don't correct them or talk about them because the child is feeling sad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, okay, this happened. How can we avoid that happening again? Or how can we use this as an opportunity to get really uh, honest with our family and ourselves about what we can do to support our kid right now um, so they can be their best selves? Like usually when kids are doing bad stuff like that, there's a, there's a reason around mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, what Any don't other- we know about these behaviors? You know, like so much yeah. of this, of this stuff is just like, we're still learning on the fly. You know, it's like, that's okay to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't know that. That's okay. Talk, you know, listen to a podcast, listen, re- read some books. It's like that these things this parenting journey is such a trip. The fact that Mm -hmm. we put these strict parameters around like what our child's behaviors are like, it's like, that just blows my mind on a daily. Yeah. I also want to give a disclaimer that my, the way that I know this is like, I've read all these things, right? I always say I'm two pages ahead of you in the textbook, but like in not you. I mean, like the general people yes. who are like, oh, are no, you the too, best parent? Too. I'm like, 100% not. <laughs> um, but I always find this out after I've done the mistake. So I, I don't want to say like, hear this podcast and do everything perfectly. Or maybe you're finding this podcast because you just screamed at your kid about 20 minutes ago and you feel bad and don't want to do that again. That's everybody, by the way. And that's how I do it. You know, I remember there was a time where my kid did something. I'm not trying to be, I'd be comfortable talking about this, but I don't want to talk about my kids publicly in in embarrassing ways. But my kid did something and I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, (laughs) I had this big reaction and I Googled it and it was like, here's the first thing not to do. And I was like, that's what I did. That's exactly what I did. (laughs) So, uh, but the great thing about children and, and our relationships is that we can go back and admit our mistakes and repair them and say, look, I didn't handle that right. Or, um, you know, I was wrong with what I said and I've actually like done some reading and I want to change what I said to you or uh, my thoughts. Uh, That's hugely powerful. We're not meant to be perfect at this. So, if there's anything that you're listening where you're like, well, my kid was a jerk yesterday and I just screamed at them. Well, we've all done that. And so now what the great thing is, is we can do better. That's all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do better next time. Yeah, exactly. Lisa, as a mom of three kids, any parting words as we end today's episode? Mm-hmm. Pieces of uh, advice. Be, get okay with being uncomfortable with the way that your kids mm. behave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not just, going to be you. No. And nor do I want them to. <laughs> if we're really being honest here, you know, it's, yeah. um, 
they're their own person, they're their own human, and you just really have to be okay with the mistakes mm-hmm. that they make. And that's what you said. The last, your last thought was that um, you can come go back and repair that and work on mm-hmm. that and build from there. So, yeah. Thank goodness. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> on that note, everybody. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Slumber Party Podcast. You can find us at babiesbestsleep.com, on Instagram at babiesbestsleep. You can book a discovery call with myself. Actually, not with myself, with Lisa, because I'm always doing shit. But Lisa Mm -hmm. does my discovery calls. If you want to work with me, she passes you over to me. If you want to work with a team member, you can book directly with any one of my amazing, wonderful, fabulous, talented team. If you are looking to become a sleep consultant yourself, head on over to babiesbestsleep.com and you're here listening to the podcast. I don't need you to tell you to listen because you're doing it already. Thank you. Anyway, have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye.